Hello and welcome to Adam and Eve, your feminist radio show on CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton and on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. My name is Marco Visconti. My name is Lisa Pruden. And my name is Rose Eva Forbes Jenkins. We will be your hosts for this evening. Thanks for tuning in. On today's show, we're discussing the barriers LGBTQ people face in trying to access health and fitness programs. We're going to hear an interview I did with M. Lamash about the new LGBTQ inclusive fitness program they are spearheading here in Edmonton with Blitz Conditioning and the Edmonton Men's Health Collective. M. Lamash is a fitness trainer who specializes in trans and non-binary health and training. Emma is also the co-founder of the Edmonton LGBTQ Fitness Accessibility Group that consults fitness facilities on how to become more queer friendly. So now let's take a listen to what M had to say about building LGBTQ inclusive fitness spaces and the challenges of doing so. So thank you for being here. Um, I feel like we're already friends. <laughs> um, to start off, could I get you to just uh, introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is uh, Emmett or Emily or M. Um, I don't particularly mind which name is used. People usually choose it however they want. Usually people who've known me forever will use Emily. Some new people will call me Emmett. And English people usually prefer Emmett because it's easier for them to say. <laughs> so I really don't care. I use all pronouns as well. It's very dependent on the person, and I don't mind at all. Uh, I'm a graduate from Nate in personal fitness training. I graduated in April, and upon my graduation, I applied at Blitz Conditioning with the intent of um, targeting the LGBTQ population mm -hmm. because, um, as we know, people being uh, in the queer community, um, we historically have had the least amount of access to fitness spaces because of safety issues, because of a lot of different reasons. Uh, money issue. There's a lot of poverty in our community. And so I really wanted to work on that, make that better, make our, the health of our community better and give access to, to those spaces. And so I got hired pretty much on the basis of wanting to work on that community mm. and right away started a um, relationship between Blitz Conditioning and the Edmonton Men's Health Collective, um, who does a lot of work within the queer community for men and masculine identified folks uh, in the LGBTQ community. Um, and they are the ones who are uh, funding the project, who are kind of taking the directive lead for it. Blitz is providing the space completely for free. And then I'm the one providing the actual mm -hmm. group training. So I do... Um, I do the groundwork yeah. and then I, I have people surrounding me who do kind of more the background work that is just as important, but that I'm happy I don't have to do because <laughs> I'm not good at it. So that's kind of what I do in the context of, of fitness. Yeah. I also, because I wanted um, it to be more of a holistic approach in the sense that I didn't just want to create a project uh, where queer people could come and work out and that's it. The ultimate goal would be that we don't have to create queer-only spaces that queer people can go and have access to any fitness facilities and feel safe. And so another part of what I do is that I'm part of a, a group that I co-founded named Alpha. It's the Edmonton LGBTQ Fitness Accessibility. Oh. And uh, what we do specifically with that group is that we... Um, have discussions with already existing fitness facilities and provide them education about how to be inclusive to the LGBTQ community, how to make their facilities more mm. inclusive and hold them accountable to that so that um, when you look at the grand scheme of things fitness-wise, we are 
a in the fitness class providing the immediate of like this isn't happening right now so i'm providing this for these people so they can right now have access to fitness gain confidence in themselves gain some skills in terms of their own bodies and physical activity mm -hmm. and then um, ultimately hopefully create fitness facilities outside of blitz um, where those people can then go work out and yeah. feel safe so you've been involved in this kind of work for a while like even um, consulting with existing programs trying to make them more inclusive absolutely and actually with alpha our current client is the city of edmonton because um, they are trying to make their fitness facilities more inclusive they're mm -hmm. adding a gender neutral bathrooms etc and so we are actually um advising them or at least helping advising them because there's other people involved yeah. but we are part of the group that advises them on how to achieve that yeah. and so now you're <laughs> now you're spearheading this lgbtq inclusive fitness program yes um is it the first of its kind in edmonton that you know of as far as I'm aware, yes, there is another gym called Queer Flex, and they specifically target the LGBTQ population as well. Um, but they don't do a group class um, like what we do. The right. group class that uh, we do at Blitz is the, as far as I'm aware, is the only one of its kind, um, especially because we approach it from a, a very low cost perspective for people who are participating. So it's by donation mm -hmm. and we don't refuse anyone. That's certainly never really been done before. Fitness yeah. in general is pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it, it is. And this yeah. is like a free program, which is like <laughs> exactly. incredible because yeah. uh, it's so rare. Uh, so rare to have free programming like that. And then also so rare to have a space dedicated to LGBTQ folks. So how did you go about approaching um, the Edmonton Men's Health Collective and uh, Blitz about setting this up? So with Blitz, like I said, I pretty much got hired on the basis that I wanted to work with that right. population. I had approached the owner, Chris, saying, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to work with the queer community. Here are the reasons why. And if you look at the community, there's not a lot out there. And he um, was 100% on board with that because Blitz has a very community work focus. And he was like, I really want that to be something that happens. And then uh, the relationship with the Edmonton Men's Health Collective came a little bit later, about a month later, where they were hosting this um, totally outright um, event. It was a weekend long. It was for... Um, men and masculine identified folks uh, within the LGBTQ community and the intent was to bring together a group of folks who wanted to do some community work. So we were you know we got some presentations on various things during the weekend and we also had to think up of ideas of things that we, we might want to do to improve our community and I was I was there and I met a lot of great folks and I was like oh this is the perfect time to talk about the fact that I want to work with the queer community and fitness and I approached Brooke who is the um, director of the Edmonton Men's Health Collective with it and I was like here's what I want to do and we discussed it as a group uh, within the context of Totally Outright and the rest of the participants were really excited about it and um, that's kind of how our relationship with them started because I was like here's what I would like to do this group training for queer people and I work with Blitz and I know that Chris would be 100% down for this to happen as well. Can I just bring 
you two together and we can work all of us to make that happen and Brooke was totally down and then I talked to Chris he was mm -hmm. totally down and that's kind of how it happened it's like a it's like a we have an expression in, in French called concours de circonstances it's oh. just like circumstances <laughs> the stars align I suppose and then just things fell into place yeah having all those people there saying yes And we want to help you do that. Exactly. Do you, you talked about having this dream or this uh, inspiration for a long time. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what, you know, sparked it or pushed you to put it into action? Yeah, um, it was the summer after my first year at school in personal training. So it was a two-year program. So I was about halfway through my program and I was doing my mandatory business class um, online because I wanted to take some advance in my last year. And I had to do a project about if I wanted to create a business and then do a business model based on it. And I was thinking about it like, I don't know what I want to do, a business model. Like, I'm not a business person. And I, I thought about it a little bit more and I'm like, what is missing in the fitness community in general? it kind of dawned to me that, you know what, I've never really seen spaces that were accepting of LGBTQ people. Me, myself, as a non-binary person and a queer person, have not always entirely felt safe in fitness places, being in the fitness industry myself, which is saying something. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, well, I might as well just do my project on that. And I did my project on that, and it made me think about it a lot more. And I was like, this is something that I could actually do, and perhaps not in the sense of starting a business, but more in the sense of starting projects and at least having a discussion around it. And um, I decided that that's what I was going to do and focused on that upon graduation. Mm. I do want to talk about some of those those challenges that, um, well, specifically trans and non-binary people mm -hmm. experience, but I think uh, across the board, LGBTQ people experience some sort of anxiety in traditional fitness spaces. Uh, what do you think those challenges are for people who are maybe aren't aware because they haven't had to think about it before? Yeah, that's a very good question. So speaking from personal experience, um, going into change room, personally being a, a non-binary person, so I've been on testosterone for about four months now. And my goal or intention isn't to transition into a man. It's rather to just be more androgynous, which means that um, I've arrived at a place uh, physically with the physiological changes that has happened with hormone ther uh, therapy where I don't particularly fit in either a man's washroom or change room or in a woman's washroom or change room. I kind of look off, <laughs> you know, if, if I can put it that way, yes. in both contexts as to how we would perceive a, a woman or a man to look like. And um, even before I started my transition, I always... Um, felt uncomfortable in in women's washrooms or women change room but I never felt like I could go to men's ones either and um, that can be very difficult if you're going to a fitness facility and you don't feel like you have a place where you can change or go to the washroom and those are things that if it, you're not faced with it every day you don't particularly realize because people automatically know which washroom or change room they, they should go into generally speaking um, but for those of us who who don't it can be a really anxiety inducing mm -hmm. because you haven't even started working out yet 
and it's like already there's an issue mm-hmm. and then uh, that's without taking into consideration um, actual training um, I've heard now this isn't my personal experiences but anecdotal experience from other people that I know have mentioned that they were um, verbally um, I don't want to use the word assaulted but had verbal um, abuses expressed towards them um, for looking different Um, I've also heard anecdotally that for some LGBTQ people so um, perhaps sexual diversity as opposed to gender diversity um, if people knew about their sexual orientation they didn't feel comfortable in changing with them anymore Mm -hmm. and they've brought that concern of being like I don't feel safe um, in those contexts because people know that I'm gay and I am always afraid that they'll judge me because of that or feel like I'm looking at them or, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. And um, and then not even having or not being sure that you'll be protected by the staff that's there uh, like because maybe they feel the same way. Exactly. So it's, it's all those kind of things that are very subtle but can have a lot of impact as to whether someone trains or not. Um, and then if we think about the actual training itself, speaking from a fitness professional perspective, especially if we're talking about um, trans and non-binary folks, uh, if they are doing hormone therapy or um, having surgeries or whatever, now we have a completely new set of parameters that we have to take into consideration when we train them. So even for right. physical safety, yeah. right? Of like, well, how do you train a female to male trans person who's taking testosterone and perhaps had like a mastectomy or something? Yes. There are new parameters to take into consideration. For example, not that I want to be too scientific, but just to give a, mm-hmm. an example, um, when you start taking testosterone, you have very rapid muscle growth. Um, especially when you do hormone therapy, it's like an accelerated version of puberty. So it's even faster of a muscle growth than, say, a biological man would have uh, while going through therapy in, in their teenage years. And so that exponential and rapid um, muscle growth is putting a lot of strain on tendons. Mm -hmm. And the double-edged sword there is that you as a person transitioning feel a lot stronger, so you want to lift heavier. But because there's already that additional strain on your tendons, if you do lift heavy, you increase by a lot your chances of rupturing your tendon. Mm -hmm. So it's something that has to be taken into consideration of saying, you know, I know that you want to lift heavy because you got those brand new (laughs) muscles and it feels awesome. But also we got to rein it down because you can seriously injure yourself. And those are perhaps not things that we would necessarily think about even as a personal trainer. You know, if someone comes to me and is like, yeah, I'm taking estrogen and T blockers, you have to know how that affects their physiology so that you can safely take them through that training. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't considered that either. You kind of just like opened my <laughs> mind up a little bit more, like even as a like a fellow queer person, but I'm cis, so I don't have to think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of highlights the importance of having that relationship where you can be totally open <laughs> with yeah. your trainer and be like, so they can think about how can this person move and uh, emotionally, how are they being like what's going through their head, like that desire to want to lift more, but it's like, okay, exactly. <laughs> take it easy. That's... And being, having that space where someone feels safe to open up is all about creating um, fitness centers or places or mentality where 
that fosters inclusivity and fosters that kind of safe feeling where everyone goes there and are like, I can tell people that I'm transitioning right. so that my needs can be met. And that's a big challenge because in our in our community, a lot of people don't want to talk about it because they're afraid of how people are going to judge them or yeah. the repercussions or violence or whatever. It is. I'd imagine that it, it'd be an extra weight lifted off of yourself. You can just kind of talk about what's going on with your body when you're in an environment where you're trying to, um, you know, better and improve your body, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And we've already, so for the group training project that is happening at, at Blitz and with the Edmonton Men's Health Collective, we've already done a three-week beta. So it was a three-week um, period of time, three times a week, where we did the training program to kind of test the waters, get feedback from the participants, adjust things that we had to until we launch again. Um, and a lot of a lot of the folks in that beta were uh, trans mm -hmm. or non-binary, and going through some form of hormone therapy. And you know, it would be it was so nice that. They would talk to me at the beginning. There was a little bit of, you know, it's new people. You're not sure. But I try to be very open and set the example with my vulnerability uh, when I teach my classes and saying like, hey, I'm going through like hormone therapy. I'm taking testosterone. Here are the changes I've noticed. Mm -hmm. And just in casual conversation as if it's not a big deal. And from doing that, I've had people um, approach me with their own. Um, difficulties with hormone therapy or whatever question saying what should I do when this happened or I felt this change um, how should I change my workouts and things like that and to a point where at the end of the three weeks it was even discussed openly during class which was something amazing that I don't think I've ever seen anywhere before. Yeah because you're creating a, like a fitness resource but also like this community resource where like yeah. people can connect. Um, to foster an environment like that being the person that's in front of that room teaching, I have to lead by example. So I try to be as open as possible about my own experiences so that people can pick up on the fact that, hey, this is a safe space to talk about these things or like this person's had the same experience than me. I can talk about mm -hmm. my experience as well. Um, I think that I really approach it from a place of vulnerability of I am in a position where I need to put myself out there and so that other people can then feel like they can put themselves out there. Like that door has to be open somewhere. And um, I pride myself in um, putting a lot of attention and work in opening that door. Could you walk me through what a group training <laughs> session would look like? Because um, I, I don't really know what would be involved. <laughs> yeah. But I'm interested. <laughs> Absolutely. So the way that I've kind of formulated, I mean, it changes a bit every once in a while. But one example that I can give, that I the way that I like to formulate it, is that we will start out with uh, some dynamic stretching. So dynamic stretching is when you're moving while stretching. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the best kind of stretching to do before exercise because you don't risk overstretching yourself. Um, after that, we have about three exercises that we do, um, two sets of it. And we do, it's more like group exercises. So everyone will either be working together or in pairs. And I like doing that at the beginning because then people get to interact with each other. Uh, when there's new faces, they get to talk to someone else, maybe build connections. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also fun. I mean, yeah. we're in a group <laughs> setting. We might as well work out together, yeah. right? So we do those three exercises twice. Um, 
And then after that, we go to another section of the workout where it's more of like a high intensity interval training. So what we do is we have four different stations with four different exercises and I separate the group in four. They choose where they want to start and they do 45 seconds of that exercise, then 15 seconds of cardio. Then they have 15 seconds of break. They do those four exercises. That's one set and they do that three times mm. and then we finish the session with uh it's just stretching but just the regular mm. regular stretching and that's usually how i i like to end sessions you can be a bit more introspective people can meditate if they want to and i always offer to people so i will do stretches based on the muscles that we worked out but i always tell people if you feel a kink somewhere or there's <laughs> something that feels tight let me know i have stretches for literally every muscle and i often have people come to me at the end of sessions and they're like oh i have this pain in my shoulder mm -hmm. and then you know we work it out together so that sounds really nice as someone who's afraid of gyms normally, <laughs> that sounds really lovely <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, because I, I don't know, gyms and even even like yoga studios where it's like seems like it should be more chill. Some, it, like it can be, like you said, anxiety inducing to yes. like be like you're vulnerable in that Absolutely. space with your like your body. And then, yes, uh, like there's a competitive edge sometimes. So you feel like, oh, like I don't want people to judge how I move or how well I'm doing. But that sounds really great. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting that you bring up the competitive aspect because mm -hmm. that's something that we try to remove from our classes and saying, like, I try to tell people, like, if you feel like you need to stop, go ahead and stop and you can Perfect. go and take a walk if you want or go drink water or even mm -hmm. just stand and watch that's completely fine you just go to your own pace and i always provide um like variations to an exercise so here's how you can do this to make it easier and here's how you can do this to make it harder mm -hmm. and then people can kind of pick and choose based on how they feel their athletic level is or their fitness level is and if they do it once that one time and they're like oh, i was too much then the next set they can do it less intense and and so that's definitely something that I think a lot of people fear about mm. yeah classes. It's I'm like, so I glad to hear. Well, yeah, and yeah. I, I'm not. I'm just not motivated by someone yelling at me to push mm -hmm. myself. Um, I'm curious, what made you want to become a trainer in the first place? It's funny because uh, I well, I've always been a very athletic person. I've always been. Uh, I've always really loved sports. I've played a lot of soccer. Was in the soccer team for my my school, etc. But I'd never been much for gyms. Mm. Like I'd never particularly liked gyms. I have OCD, so it always freaked me out. I'm like, everything's dirty. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I went to school initially at Nate in graphic design. And I'm still a graphic designer. I have my own business, and I do a lot of graphic design stuff. But after doing that for about three years, I was like, there's something missing in my life like I had the creative aspect but I was getting really tired of always sitting in front of my computer all day and I had really liked Nate as a school and I just kind of logged in and looked at their programs and I saw the personal fitness training program and I literally was like oh why not it's probably one of the most spontaneous things I've done in my life um, and I love it I absolutely love it sometimes you have to trust your guts a little and just go for it but it was it really just came from a place of I want something more in my life and I really like being active and I'd like to know more and I've always really been interested in healthcare without actually having the patience to be a healthcare provider <laughs> yeah it was a very 
spontaneous decision. I love that. You're like, spontaneous, <laughs> no big deal. Now I'm just doing this groundbreaking work exactly. <laughs> for my community. It's whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> Who knows what you'll be doing next year? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Welcome back to Adam and Eve, your feminist radio show on CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton and on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. My name is Lisa Pruden. And my name is Rose Eva Forge Jenkins. And my name is Marco Visconti. If you're just tuning in, we just finished listening to an interview with trainer M. Lamash about their new LGBTQ fitness program that recently launched here in Edmonton. The program will continue until March at Blitz Conditioning, and all the classes are free or by donation. So if you're looking for a queer-friendly place to work out in Edmonton, make sure to look up Blitz Conditioning on Facebook for information on when you can drop in for a class. One thing I liked about the interview I did with M is when we talked about feeling vulnerable at the gym and how they wanted to diminish that feeling as much as possible when they went about designing their own fitness program, because that's something that I've uh, experienced a lot. I don't go to any gym and I've always felt very intimidated by going because I always felt like the environment would be very competitive and make me very self-conscious about my body and uh, I didn't want people looking at me or judging like how well I could perform in that space. So I'm wondering, um, Rosiva, Lisa, have you ever felt the same way? Do you go to a gym now? Yeah, definitely. So I uh, go to a gym. Um, I think it really depends on finding the right environment for you. So I found some that just, yeah, make me feel better. But I still, I don't like having men approach me in general at the gym. Like it feels really, yeah. Even if they're just coming like to come give me, like they think they're being helpful, like to tell me how to use the equipment properly, giving me advice. It just feels very, I just feel uncomfortable like anybody coming and talking to me at the gym. So uh, my solution is to grow up my body hair. So it, when I lift my arms up, men can see that I have body hair. And if they're the right kind of guy, then they won't care. But the wrong kind of men usually leave me alone. So I find that works for me. I think that's kind of brilliant. I love that idea. Innovative. Revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> the tools you need to ward ward away the guys you don't want to talk to are already on your body. How about you, Lisa? Almost exactly the same as you, Marco. I don't go to the gym. I refer to it in my mind as like the public workout space. And it feels very public and I feel very vulnerable and on display. And I'm also very aware that probably nobody cares at all about what I'm doing <laughs> but as I'm working out and trying to do the thing that I'm feeling not very good at or not feeling very strong in doing having a whole room of people around me that could look at any moment and witness my failing is, is intimidating to me it's good that we have like there are like women only fitness facilities um, but one thing that stood out too from M's interview is that uh, they feel that it's nice to have those because they address a problem, but like the ultimate solution is to like have collective spaces where we all feel safe. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, like I'll admit to a little bit of self-responsibility on it as well. Like sometimes you got to just put yourself out there and fight through that fear. And I just, I have such a hard time doing it when it also comes to, you know, getting in shape right. or fit. Yeah. Whatever. No, I, I yeah. feel the same way. I think I'd be more willing to go to a gym or a class now that I've that I feel more comfortable with my body. I think 
like even like a couple of years ago, I was still very self-conscious and I was very kind of hating on my own body. But now I feel like I wouldn't have I'd have less of those worries because I I'm pretty happy with the way I look, even though I, I feel like I could be more active and would I want to do that. But I, I have a little bit of more self-confidence. I think even the most confident person is just like for me, when I walk into a gym, it just feels like anxiety. There's like the anxiety <laughs> of like, even though I'm confident and I'm OK, it just is a place where I don't know, it's just, it feels a different space. That's it for today's show. So (laughs) thank you all for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode on LGBTQ fitness. Once again, we have been your hosts, Marco Visconti. Lisa Purden. Rose Eva Forbes Jenkins. And we are wishing you an excellent adamant evening. Adam and Eve is a spoken word project of CJSR FM 88.5, and our journalism is funded by you, the listeners. We produce this week's show at the CJSR studios in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, on Treaty 6 territory. For more information on our program and to send us any feedback, please check out our website at adamandevecjsr.wordpress.com. And we're always looking for more volunteers to help out, so if you're interested in learning any aspect of radio production, just get in touch.